Nirpal. So Nirpal is made of two words. Nir being without, Pal being fear. So now you're starting to see the patterns of words which are singular and masculine. And then you'll also see the spelling of this letter is a oo, not an o. It's not nirpo, it's a oo sound. And anything with a closed ura usually tends to have an onkar underneath it as well. So nirpo, so it ends in a slight oo rather than an o. How do we understand without fear? In order to fear something, there has to be something of equal or greater strength than you. Most of us don't fear tiny little things. If you just take the smallest insignificant caterpillar or something like that, tiny, you look at it, you might feel a bit squeamish and you might not want to touch it, but you're not fearful for your life of that tiny little caterpillar. But if you saw a huge one standing in front of you, like the size of you, you might have to think twice. So we fear something when it's an equal or greater power than us. And in the Abrahamic traditions, they've created a Satan. And they've said, God is all things good and Satan is all things bad. But in Barney, there's no room for that because Barney starts with ik. So if all that there is is one, who does the oneness have to fear? When there is no two, there is nothing for it to fear. It's not just fearless for no reason. There is nothing for it to fear. If you're the only one standing in a room, who are you going to be afraid of? Because there's nobody else there. So there is nobody else for it to be afraid of. And God is timeless. And because it's timeless, it doesn't even fear its own actions. Because action is also based on time, and we'll talk about that. So if there is nothing else for God to fear, and you are God, then what is there for you to fear? Can one drop of ocean be afraid of another drop of ocean? If one drop of ocean tries to kill another drop of ocean, they still both end up in the ocean. If somebody tries to kill you, you still end up in the ocean. You don't go anywhere. So, we must always look at the Mool Mantar in our own reference as well. How does Nirpal apply to me? Why am I afraid of people? Who am I afraid of? Why were the Khalsa and the Gurus able to walk around completely fearlessly? Because they understood that there is nothing to fear. There is no other being here in the room right now. Even if there's ten of us in the room, there's only one being here. So who's going to be afraid of who? 
There's an interesting line in, in, in Barney by Guru Amar Das Ji that says, So dare je paap kamaunda. Only that person is fearful who commits sin. What is the sin that you're committing? Duality. Duality is the only sin. Duality is the only sin. If you're in duality, you'll be afraid. If you're not in duality, you won't be afraid. Ikonkar tells us not to be in duality. So, by default, there is no fear. Because there's no one to fear. And what do we fear? You can only be afraid of something you don't know. You don't really know whether that person on the opposite side of the road is just going to come over and steal your wallet. You don't know. So you have a fear. Once they've gone past you, you know that that act hasn't happened, so you can't be afraid. So we fear the unknown. But if the oneness has been described as all-knowing, Antarjami knows everything, Sabkichajanada, then there is no unknown for the oneness. There is nothing it doesn't know, because everything is it. So that's another reason why it can't fear, because there's nothing for it to not know. Even you talked about the fear of death. The only reason we fear death is because we don't know it. What, it. what is it? What happens then? But if you knew it, you wouldn't be afraid. If death was like somebody had came back to you and said, hey, it's great, it's like a, it's like a party, let's all go. It's you know, having a great time there. If everybody convinced you of that, you wouldn't be afraid of death because it's like, no, I, everybody says it's, it's all right, it's quite cool. But because nobody tells you about it, everybody is sitting in the room, like in the waiting room, like, oh, I don't know what the, de- what the death doctor is going to do to me. So that's how we, we deal with it. Life is like a waiting room. And death is like your, your number's going to come up and your name comes up on the screen. Oh, it's my time to go, but I don't know what he's going to be like. But what we because we don't see the people coming out saying, oh, it was, it was all right. You know, just went in, gave me an injection, gave me some prescription and I came out. Gurbani talks a lot about the angel of death. It's one of the most beautiful and most graphic descriptions that Barney gives. There's so many Shabbas where Barney says that you're going to be hung upside down, your insides are going to be cut out of you, and this and that, and all that sort of stuff. Why? If you're in duality. If you're in duality, death is going to come knocking on your door, and you're going to say, hang on, I'm not ready to go yet. And that moment when death takes you and you're not ready to go, that is hell. And that's absolute hell. But it's something for us to all go through, to face it. It's the only truth. It's the only truth. You know, Guru Nanak Dev Ji, there's a story where after his enlightenment, they couldn't find Guru Nanak Dev Ji for a while. And then somebody said, I've seen him where they burn all the dead bodies. And they came to Guru Nanak Dev Ji, and sure enough, he's sitting there and all these funeral pyres everywhere, just all alight. And they asked Guruji, what are you doing here? Why, why, why here? This is not a place for a holy man. Was well, yeah, Sadhu, you know, Ramgyani, like you, is not a place for you. This is a morbid place. Guruji said, I'm going to come here eventually anyway, so I thought I might as well 
come here first and, and see what it's about. Face it. Guruji wasn't afraid to face it. He said, I'm going to come here. I'd save, when I die, four people are going to have to carry me on their backs and bring me here. I thought I'll just come here myself, save themselves the trouble. Because he had already died. To merge with the oneness is to die. There was nothing for him to fear. But there was no death for him to face. Once you merge with the one, once you've given up the whole sense of I, and all that exists is him, then what death is there to face? Then Barney says, death can't even touch you. Death cannot even touch you. There is only one. So who is there to fear? There's no angel of death for you to fear at that point. Because the angel of death, you'll realize, is God wearing a robe. That's him. And the angel of birth is the God wearing a different color robe. What's the difference? And the one being born is God and the one dying is God. The one giving birth is God and the one taking life is God. There is only one. So who should I fear? So If you continue to commit this sin of thinking I am, then you have something to fear because the I am will be taken away from you. That which you are will be taken away from you eventually. But if you voluntarily give the I am up, then there's nothing. What can death take away from Guru Nanak? What can you take from Guru Nanak, who is nothing? Guru Nanak is nothing because he's just given everything up. There is no such person as Guru Nanak here. All that there is is Rab. And that's why everybody who was in the time of Guru Nanak, they just said, this is Rab. There is Rab in front of us. There's no Nanak sitting in front of us. There's just Paramatma sitting in front of us. Rabindranath Tagore, a very uh, famous contemporary um, around the times of sort of Gandhi and people like that, you know, sort of early turn of the century, 1900s. He has a beautiful, he writ, he's written a lot of poetry, and he said, in a very beautiful analogy, he says, just as a child is drinking milk from the mother, when the mother takes him off for one second and then moves him over to the other breast, then that for that tiny moment the child cries. But as soon as he has his milk again, he's in Anand. He says, that's what death is going to be like for me. For one moment, I will feel the pain of death and straight away I will enter into the Anand of the next life. Not reincarnation, but this is the next phase of life. Just as a child moves from one breast to the other, that one second that he's taken off, and if you've ever seen a child, he cries, oh, well, what's going on? As soon as he gets the, that milk again in his mouth, he's in that relaxed Anand again. And he said, death will be like that for me because there's no fear left in me. There's, no, there's nothing left for me to fear anymore. So even death will be taken away as a fear. And death cannot happen to you at that point because you've already died. Jivat Mare already died. But interestingly, why does Gurbani use this Nirpal statement? So let's see what we've covered so far. Ikwankar, there's a oneness. It's everything. It's vibration. Its name is existence. Satnam. It is Kartapurak. It does everything. Why now introduce fear? Nirpal, why? 
Why not say God is angerless? Why not say God is greedless, desireless? Why fearless? Of all the things that God is lacking, which is all of these things, he's lacking desires, God doesn't have any anger, doesn't have any ego. Why should Gurbani pick fear? Fear is man's greatest barrier in life. And fear is also man's greatest driver in life. Let's think about how do we, how do we live? When you wake up in the morning and you get ready, why do you go to work? You go to work to earn money. Why? Because you know the consequences of not earning money. You fear the consequences of not earning money. That's the only motivation for getting up and going to work. Some people love what we do, but the majority of what, it, what we do for, for work, we get up because we know if I don't earn this money, I'm not going to have any money to pay my bills, to feed my children, to house my family. Fear is a big driver in life. Why do you send your children to school? Because you're afraid that if they don't get educated, they won't be able to support themselves. Most of the things that we get up to do first thing in the morning is based on fear. Very few things that we get up to do is based on love. So fear is the strongest driver in man's life. And the root of all fears is the ultimate fear, which is the fear of death. The ultimate fear. What happens if I don't pay my bills? Then they're going to cut me off. What happens if I get kicked out of my house? Then where are we going to live? What happens if I don't eat? How am I going to live? How are my children going to live? We're going to die. So all fears can be traced back to the ultimate fear. I'm afraid of the dark. Why? Because somebody might come and beat me up. And what happens if they beat me up? I might die. That's the ultimate fear. All fears stem from one ultimate fear. There's a duality there. Because you've made the assumption that dying is bad. There is an assumption within you that dying is bad and living is good. But for the Brahmgyani, it's neither. It just is. If I'm alive today, I'm alive. If I'm dead tomorrow, I'm dead. Manuki doesn't make any difference to me. It's God deciding what God wants to do with God. Where's the me? Where's the I in the equation? This is the mentality. Japji Sahib, Ketya Dukh Pook Sadmar Ebi Dateri Datar. There's lots of hunger and lots of pain and lots of sadness, but even that is your grace. You have to spend your time understanding it. You have to spend your time and your step has to be in the right direction. If you've been doing Mool Mantra for five years and you've not even understood it, and you've not even began to start looking at the complex side of what it's trying to do for you, what is it trying to do with me, what a, which part of me is it talking to, how do I address these issues within me? If you've not started doing that, carry on reading your Mool Mantra. It's not going to do anything. Barney is very clear. Reading doesn't make a difference. Just reading and reading and reading. Barney is clear on that. And that's the opposite of what people tell you to do today. They'll say that you're saying blasphemy. Barney, just say again and again and again and again and again and again. And Ape Maharaj will do something good for you. Of course, everything happens with Maharaj's will. But Barney is very clear. 
don't think that just by reading and reading and reading, something's going to happen. You have to have an understanding. You have to address these issues within you. And the, the, but that's Guru's grace, that these, address, the, these issues can be addressed. But if we keep on following this path of Sikhi, doing all the right stuff, wearing all the right things, eating all the right things, waking up all the right th- times, but you never address your own I, and all that it sounds like is, yeah, I do this, I do that, I make sure I do this, I make sure I don't do that. How many eyes are there in that statement? You know? Unless you address the I, and this is what the Mool Mantra is doing, it's pulling the root of who you are. Who do you think you are? That you're somebody special to do something. All that there is, is you. And when all that there is, is you, then there will be nothing to fear. There will be nothing to hate. You will have to still get up and earn money for your children. But it won't be based on fear, it will be based on love. While I'm here, I'll look after whoever I can. Because I love equally. I'll look after whoever I can because I love equally. But if something gets taken away, I'm not afraid. If the universe decides not to support that I can't have any bills paid, that I can't go to work. It's his mercy. Nothing to do with me. You won't be doing things out of fear. But at the moment, our life is decided by fear. Let's look at what is fear. What is fear? If we're supposed to give up fear, then what is it? Fear is based on three things. There's three things that you need in order to have fear. You need to have a self, self-identification, I am. You need to have somebody else, the oppressor, somebody who can take the I am away from me, or can take something away from you. I might, might be afraid that you might take my wallet. So there's an I, there's a you, and there's something that you can do. So you, the other person, have the ability to take something away from me and there's a time element. I can't be afraid of something that you did to me in the past. Fear is always based on the future. Fear is always based on the future. You see, I can't be afraid of what you did to me yesterday. I can be afraid of you doing it again But I can't be afraid of something that's already happened. I can only be afraid of it happening again. Fear requires three things. Me, the victim, the oppressor, and some instance of time, something happening in the future. It's a fear of an unknown reality. Something could happen in the future. You know, a really interesting thing that I heard once, which is that fear is your body's way of telling you that you're not prepared. Fear is your body's way of telling you that you're not prepared for something. If all of a sudden, right here, right now, I just said, surprise, I'm going to give you all a quiz on everything that we've covered, and you have to literally remember everything, then you might think, oh, well, I didn't prepare for it, I didn't know, I didn't write any notes, you might get a bit worried. 
If I say, right, now I'm going to give you a test and I'm giving give you a test, all of you have to be able to count to ten. You're not going to be afraid. He says, I can do that. Why? Counting to ten is something that you're prepared to do. You're already prepared. You don't have to practice for it. A quiz for anything else that you haven't practiced for, you'll be afraid of it. The difference is your preparation. Fear is your body's way of saying, I'm not ready, I haven't prepared for this. And what's the ultimate fear? Death. And what is the ultimate thing that we then need to prepare for? Is death. If the ultimate fear is death, it's a clue that the ultimate thing that we've still not spent any time preparing for is death. And it's a reality for everyone. Everyone is going to face that. Have you prepared for it? Are you ready? So how do you get rid of fear? If fear is requiring three things, it requires a me, it requires a you, and some element of the future, time. The future doesn't exist right now. So why are you afraid of something that hasn't existed? You're afraid of only something in the future. You're not afraid right here, right now, but you're afraid something might happen tomorrow or something might happen on the way home. But right here, right now, in this moment, ik, in this present moment of oneness now, there is no fear because there's nothing happening to you right now. So get rid of the me, get rid of the you, and get rid of this wasting your time and your mind on the future. How much time do you spend thinking about the future? How many times does it actually turn out like that? Hardly ever. What could you have been doing all that time, getting rid of all of these things? Sounds easy, doesn't it? So, that's the theory of what you need to get rid of. Sounds easy. You need to get rid of the future, this future idea that something could happen. So how do you get rid of all of these things? How do you escape this me? How do you escape the you? How do you escape time? Sukhmani Sahib, Nirpao Japa, Sagalpao Mita. Get rid of all fears when you meditate on the fearless. So it goes back to the one. When you meditate on the one, I am you, you are you, everything is you, there is no future. There's nothing that's going to happen. You're here right now in the room with me. All that there is is you. This is you. This is you. This is you. When you meditate on that you, on that nirpao being, nirpao japa, sagalpao mita, all of this will go. Meditate on the one who is already fearless. That you, this is you, this is you, this is you, Guru. He's already fearless. The universe is already fearless because all that there is is one universe. It has nothing to fear. Nirpao japa sagalpao mita. Get rid of all of your fears when you get rid of the one who has the fear. Get rid of the one who has the fear and all the other fears will drop. So within you, you have to find that oneness where there is no me, there is no you, there is no time. No death, no future, no self. You have to find that oneness. 
So Guru Nanak Dev Ji is giving you death right now. He's saying, if you're afraid of death, let's just get rid of you right now, then there'll be nothing for you to fear. He hands you death on a plate. He hands you death right now so you can truly live. Joto prem khilan ka chao, sirtar tali kalhi meri ao. Who wants to play this game of love? Chop your head and give it to me. Guru Nanak Dev Ji is saying, bring me your head and then you're ready to play this game. Joto prem khilan ka chao. Why have they called it a game? Why have they called it a game of love? Because when there's no I-ness left, when there's no fear left, all that there is is the world, the universe, and the universe is in Ananda. The universe is in love all the time. So Barney is very clear. Get rid of the self, get rid of your head, chop your head. And that's Guru Nanak Dev Ji saying that. And what do we see nine Gurus later? The same analogy, the same metaphor being used by Guru Gobind Singh Ji. Asking for a head. And then he says, Jin prem kiyo tinhi prabhupayo. The one who has loved, only he will find God. But Guru Nanak has told you how to love. The only true love is when you give yourself up. Completely give your head. Surrender everything. Tan man dhan sab samp gurku. Your mind, your body, your wealth, your possessions, give it all and say all that there is is you. That's how you get rid of this. Then you are Jeevat Mare. Gurbani has said that only one who is Jeevat Mare will find God, who is dead while alive. That's what this means. It doesn't mean you're a zombie. It means you are alive, but you're not alive. It's his life. It's not your life. So that's how you get rid of fear. But what about a fear that we haven't talked about? What about fear of God? If you're supposed to get rid of all fear, a lot of Barney says, but have fear of God. That's where there's a slight variation between the fear that we have in our daily life and the fear of God is talking about something else. How do you become fearless but still have fear for God? Is that a contradiction? Or what is the fear for God? What is fear of God? Does God punish you? Does God punish bad behavior? Are we afraid of the punishing God? This is where our understanding of God really starts to get questioned. Does God punish bad behavior? We don't buy into this dualistic thinking. God then becomes the oppressor and we become the victim. And then we create this duality. God is sitting in heaven and he's like a judge with his judge's robe on and he's saying, guilty, not guilty. So then we create this judge, oppressor and us, the victim, the defendant duality. So we have this idea in Gurbani that says, fear God. But let's get it very clear first, what are we fearing? Are we fearing a wrathful, vengeful God? These are all words that Christianity uses for God. God is wrathful, he's angry, he's vengeful, he'll get back at you if you do something wrong. He will punish your sins. Sounds like the Mr. God guy, right? Right? 
Let's put him to one side. Not interested in that guy. He's just make-believe. Japji Sahib says, Sacha Sahib, Sachnai Pakya Pao Apar. You are the true master. Your justice is true, Nai, Nyai. Your justice is true. Pakya Pao Apar. Your language is infinite love. So the language of God is infinite love. So God isn't Mr. Punishing. We don't have this punishing guy. In fact, he doesn't exist. Let's be clear. It's not that we just don't believe in him. There is no Mr. Punishment. There is no judgment day when all souls will rise and be judged by the judging God. That doesn't exist. Dharamraja is just another form of God. We talked about the angel of death. But Barney does say, Taram rae jab lekha mange kya mukha leke jayenga. When the Taram Raja calls and reads your account, what face are you going to show? But the solution is, of that is in the Shabad. Ram simar pachtayenga man. Papi jeda lob karta hai aaj kaal ut jayenga man. Ram simar, meditate on God. Otherwise, mind, you're going to suffer. It's very friendly. It's telling you, meditate on God, get rid of your ego, otherwise you're going to suffer. Papi jira, oh sinful being who doesn't remember God. Lob karta hai, you've got greed and attachment, you want to stay, you, you hold on to yourself. Aaj kaal either today or tomorrow, you're going to be, Taram Raja is going to come and get you. Death is going to come and get you. It's going to come and get you at any time. So meditate now. This very moment, lose your ego now. Don't, you ain't going to lose your ego in 10 years. You ain't got 10 years. You might not have 10 seconds. You might not have 10 breaths. But you can lose your ego right here, right now. Absolutely in this very moment, you can lose your ego right now. Balhari Gur Apne I bow down to the Guru a thousand times a day because he can enlighten me in an instant. Right here, right now, give it up. Even as you're listening to me right now, give up the you and give up the me. Just God is listening to God and God is speaking God. But that's not what we do. Even as I'm talking to you right now, your mind is active and your mind is interpreting what I'm saying. So actually what I'm saying isn't going directly into you. It's going through this filter of the mind and the mind is saying, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah, that bit. No, he, he's wrong there. He's not right there. Your mind is, is having a filter. Everything goes through the filter of your mind and you're saying, yeah, I get that. I don't understand that. That doesn't mean no, that's absolutely wrong. No, that's manmat. No, that's not right. That's this, that's that. Your mind is the one that's cre having this filter all the time. So you're not even listening to what I'm saying. You're listening to what you're saying. Even right now, you're listening to your own mind. You're not listening to me. So when there is a fear of God, what we're not talking about is being afraid of a vengeful God. But what we're talking about is consequences. What is the consequence? of you not doing Simran, 
of you not losing your ego, death is going to come and you're going to struggle. Because at that point when death comes to take you and there's no invitation, ain't nobody going to tell you when death's going to come. It's going to come at any moment and we all know of people that died too soon. It just happened. That wasn't his time. No, it absolutely was his time. He just wasn't prepared. Whether you're two years old or 200 years old, death can take you at any time. Don't be under the illusion that you're going to die a nice, ripe old age of like 120 or something. That's what we all like to think. It happens to everyone, doesn't happen to me, hasn't happened to me yet. I'm all right. It could happen to you right now. You could just die right now. So what were you going to do with your last breath? Take every breath as your last one. And if this very last inhale was your last one, I know I'd like to remember Rab with that breath. But it's not that easy to do. But that's the awareness that you need to have. Your mind will constantly distract you. Ooh, look at that, oh, look at that shiny thing. I saw a lovely t-shirt once. I was walking in London and it was a woman's t-shirt. And it said, I was going to take over the world, but then I saw something sparkly. And your mind is so easy to be distracted. You know, it's just like, and the guys are the same. It's like so easy to just distract a guy, distract a girl. Just like, you know, just flash anything in front of them. Oh, where's the awareness? Has to be there all the time. You have to be so aware that even when you're being distracted, you have to be aware, I'm being distracted, I'm going to come back. How do you do that? The meditation techniques that we've looked at. That breathing exercise. Anytime your mind tries to distract you and says, oh, look at that, oh, listen to that noise. Nope, come back. That's your Nam Simran. This is you, this is you, this is you, this is you. Every breath, every moment. Because you don't know which one's going to be your last one. When you inhale, you don't know if you're going to exhale. You might as well do everything in that one inhale. And when you exhale, you don't know you're going to get another one. This is the lobe that Barney's talking about. The biggest greed that we have is to, to take the next breath. The biggest desire, the biggest assumption, false assumption that we make is that we're going to have the next breath, that life is going to look after us. So Barney's talking about consequences. So that's the fear that you have to be afraid of. If you're going to fear anything, fear your, your consequences. If you don't do it, it's not about if you don't do it, God will punish you. If you don't do it, you're going to suffer. If you don't prepare for the test, you're going to fail. And if you do do it, you're going to pass. This is the divine law. This is karam. Karam isn't just about, I've got good deeds and you've got bad deeds. Karam is quite simply the law of consequences. As and when you do something, you're going to have the fall of that action. And fear of karam is not meant to suppress you. It's meant as an encouragement. Look at Barney, what he's saying. Come on, Ram Simar, Pachtaenga Man, your mind, you're going you're gonna to suffer. Ajakal Utjainga, at any moment you can be taken. So it's not like, quick, 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 God's going to get you. It's no, it's an encouragement. It's a guru giving you a helping hand, saying, come on, let me help you. Ram Simar, Ram Simar. Do that every moment. So the fear of God should not be seen as something that we are doing because it's suppressing us. 
There's another use of Bani. Bani uses in uh, Asadiwar, it uses fear. Uh, talks a lot about um, the whole world being under fear of God. And there the word fear is used like hukum. Everything is under the hukum of God. So it's in Asadivar, Salok Mahalapala. You might have heard it. Pevich Pavan Vahe Sadvao, Pevich Chale, Lak Daryao, Pevich Agan Kade Vigar, If you've heard Asadivar. So it's saying, in fear, the wind blows. In fear, the rivers flow. In fear, fire is forced to serve us. In fear, the earth is crushed in its own weight. In fear, the clouds move across the sky. In fear, the Raja of Taram is standing at the door. Even Taram Raja is standing in fear. Not that he's afraid of God. He's standing because that's his hukum. And the wind blows because that's their hukum. They can't do anything but follow the hukum of God. So this is the kind of fear of God. Is not to be afraid, but is to surrender to its will that, you know what, I don't know what it's going to do next. That's the only fear. I don't know what it's going to do next. It is what it is. It's hukum. Everything is going within hukum. In fear, the sun shines. In fear, the moon reflects. So are the sun and moon afraid of God? No, they're simply following the hukum of God. There are millions of moons and stars traveling across the galaxies in fear. All the sadhus and the buddhas exist in fear. All the yogis and the gods exist in fear. All the various elements and ethers of the sky exist in fear. All the brave warriors and the heroes exist in fear. In fear, countless come and go. The inscription of fear is written on all of our heads. That doesn't mean fear, it means hukum. All of our destinies have been written on our heads. Nanak nirpao nirankar sach ek. Nanak says there's only one formless, fearless being, and that's the sach ek, the true one. 